0: Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's good to have you along. I realize this is a shortened week uh, for some people because of the Thanksgiving holiday. So if you are on a holiday, maybe the kids are out of school, or I know my son is a uh, school teacher here in town, and he works for a private Christian school, our church's Christian school. Okay, I'll give him a plug. A Lisa Viejo Christian School, and my son, Jake Marsh, is the... Uh, uh, the music director, instrumental music there. And it's uh, his first season and having a great year. And uh, this is his first year of getting used to, uh, he's a grad student and he's also a teacher. So this is his first year of saying, hey, how come the kids have certain days off, but the teachers have to do in-service things? So, you know, that <laughs> that's part and parcel. I, I reminded him that this is Adulting 101 and uh, welcome to it. Um, this is such an interesting week to kick things off because it was such an interesting weekend um at the box office this past weekend our friends at the chosen are celebrating like crazy because in a razor sharp narrow down to the wire finish the chosen actually finished in third in the top of all films released and there were some big heavy hitters coming out of course wakanda forever is still in the theaters and um uh the with the the menu and bones and all some of these i mean really crazy weird dystopian movies and then in the middle of all that Dallas Jenkins and his team decided hey let's partner with Fathom Events let's release the first two episodes of The Chosen back-to-back you figure that's a good movie length release uh this for season three and knowing that season three is going to drop on the uh, uh toward the end of the month on the app but they went ahead and did it. They made us, you know, gave us plenty of access to the actors. So we've got a lot of video that we've recorded, and and the only thing that is keeping you <laughs> from seeing uh, my interviews, all of them, and uh, the backstage little, I got to do a little documentary about what's happening on the set, uh, is just quite frankly we've got so much material to upload that it, it's taken Josh in our Buffalo studio <laughs> a while to upload them. But the um, the chosen wound up coming in third at the box office. Anytime a faith-based film does that well. You celebrate. And it's been a while. I'll be honest with you. It's been a while. I think I could only imagine uh, was the last real faith-based movie that we had that was cracking the top 10 on a regular basis. I know The Chosen's Christmas special last year did very, very well. But I think it might have done 8 to $10 million for the entire Christmas season. And this is $8.2 million over three days. So we are definitely rejoicing with our friends at the chosen today is movie monday and we've got another great movie to talk about a movie that's coming to pureflix.com one of the best pro adoption stories i've ever seen because it was based on a documentary it's called life mark kirk cameron who's one of the stars and executive producers for that is going to join me uh, to talk about that later in this hour so i'll be listening and of course with movie monday that means there's always something that we're giving away and uh, we'll have a uh, giveaway for that coming up late i mean if you want to get a call in now i mean i'll just i'll let you know 800-227-5278 uh we've got some uh free subscriptions to pureflix.com uh let the since you tuned in early i'll let you in on a little secret um pureflix is going to have the exclusive streaming rights to life mark the movie starting tomorrow and it's a perfect way, what we're giving you is the opportunity to watch it for free on Pure Flix and everything else that's on Pure Flix for free uh, through the end of the year. So, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line here on this Movie Monday. Uh, my conversation with Kirk Cameron coming up at about 3.45 Pacific time. Uh, make that 3.40, uh, 4.40 on the mountain time zone. Um, Our listeners on KLDC in Denver, of course, are uh, still reeling from the events of the past weekend and the uh, massive mass shooting. By definition, a mass shooting uh, involves any time that you have the wounding or killing of at least four people other than the gunman. And in this case, uh, the death toll, as we know it, is five dead and at least 25 wounded um, at a, a, a mass shooting that took place Saturday night at uh, a place called Club Q in Colorado Springs. Now, what makes the, the, the situation very interesting is um, in, in a, there's a lot of different aspects of this story that we'll cover. You may know some of this already. Uh, first and foremost, the uh, young man who was accused of the attack, Anderson Aldrich is his name, and he has a history of, uh, what's a polite way of saying this, of mental, mental instability. Um, he had a previous major run-in with police a little over a year ago, um, his mother actually called police on the 18th of June in 2021 and said that he was threatening to cause harm to her with a homemade bomb, that he had multiple weapons, that he had a lot of ammunition. And then she said sh- she basically called police because he had these things at home, apparently, and then had left home and she didn't know where he was. And so she thought, you know, he had threatened her before and she would reach out to police. And Every time you see a mass shooting, you have to ask the question, is this a one-off or does this person have a history? And oftentimes I'm amazed to see, I mean, I understand that the feds don't wanna jump right in right away and say, well, somebody called and said, your neighbor's crazy and they've got a gun or they're making bombs or whatever. And we're just gonna take that person into custody. I mean, that's that's not really fair to that person. But at the same time, I mean, I have to admit, I'm, I'm not in law enforcement and I know we have a lot of bottom line listeners who are, um, I'm not in law enforcement, so I don't understand the timing of when do you literally, I was going to say pull the trigger, but that's not the right expression to use. When do you, how much is too much? How much information do you need about someone who might not have both feet in the batter's box, as we would say, um, who has a history of, you know, weaponry at home? And and especially in the case of this guy, I mean, uh, Anderson Allrich's mother Called local police in June of 2021 and said, you've got to come get my son because he's a danger. He's threatened me before. I know he has weapons. I know he's trying to make bombs at home. And now he's not here. You need to find him. Um, Fortunately for the El Paso Sheriff's Department, uh, they did find him. Uh, He was staying at a neighbor's house and uh, he had been making bomb threats. When the police did, in fact, contact him, he uh, he didn't want to surrender. Now, eventually, they were able to get him to comply. Uh, he was taken into custody. The officers then, in that case, searched his mother's home, and they searched the home that he had been in, but they didn't find any evidence of explosives. So he was, he was charged with two degrees, or two counts, rather, of felony menacing, I'm not quite sure what that is, and three counts of first-degree kidnapping. Um, the Interestingly enough, Remember the story we were talking about not too long ago, a week or so ago? Paul Pelosi, uh, the guy uh, who came into the home and there was the hammer and, you know, who got there when... And the San Francisco Police Department refused to release a mugshot. The reason they didn't want to release a mugshot, they said, was they didn't want to unfairly profile the alleged assailant. Um, it, it's interesting because, uh, you know, at the... I understand that we do have some biases in this culture. I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the fact that when you see a crime that has been committed, the mugshot goes up on the screen, and if you see that that person is a person of color, black, Hispanic, something like that, the first thought most people have watching that is, well, there you go. You know, I mean, it's it's an unfair characteristic if you know people of color, but unfortunately, that's kind of what the media has done. And so I applaud... Any effort we have to treat people fairly and say if justice is going to be blind, then we're not going to release a mugshot because people will look at the picture and say, I knew it. But it's interesting, too, because sometimes the mugshot will also tell you a little bit about what actually happened that day. For example, if they say a scuffle ensued between the two people and one person was taken into custody, I mean, quite obviously, sometimes you look at the mugshot and go, oh, yeah, the guy's got a black eye. He's got a scratch and it looks like he broke his nose. I mean, you know, there really was a scuffle or nah, he didn't get the worst of that one. But uh, I know that many of the media outlets have been trying to find the original mugshot and then the one from last Saturday night. And uh, apparently the uh, authorities are not actually, uh, you know, not actually releasing it. Okay, That that may work to their advantage, that may work to not their advantage. I want to encourage us to be in prayer for this situation on so many different levels. And on the other side of this break, we have to, I mean, we we would be remiss if we didn't look at the virtue signaling that's going to go on, that's happening right now. And we can, I think there's a way that we in the body of Christ can see what God is up to and why something like this would happen. But maybe more importantly, what can we learn from it and how can we potentially maximize the impact of an event like this to further the kingdom. Because when you get right down to it, after all, our great commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. There are a lot of people right now whose world was just completely rocked by a young guy walking in with two long rifles into a gay club on Saturday night in Colorado Springs, opening fire, killing five and wounding at least 25. If we in the body of Christ just kind of try to put this into one envelope and say this is what happened and this is the way it is and this is the way I feel and that's all I'm going to think about it. I think we're missing a golden opportunity to reach others with the gospel. I'll explain what I mean by that on the other side of the break as the bottom line continues. Over the weekend I did a little math and I want to thank you as a bottom line listener for the way that you have stepped up to help our friends at Preborn save babies lives. Now when we started this campaign back in the first part of October our goal was to save 400 children by Christmas Day. And you have stepped up in a huge way. But I didn't think that we would also have the opportunity to provide that kind of sponsorship and put an ultrasound machine in. An ultrasound machine lasts about 10 years. It provides 250 ultrasounds per year, which means it's going to save about 2,500 babies' lives over the course of that 10-year period. Ultrasound machine costs $15,000. So far, because of your generosity, you've helped us raise enough money to place an ultrasound machine in a pre-born clinic. And have provided ultrasounds for 229 kids. We're about 171 away from that stated goal, and I know we can do it. Can you give a $280 donation right now to save 10 more babies' lives? 833 850 Baby is the number to call. Or go to KBrightRadio.com and click on the preborn banner. Go to the show.com Go to RogerMarsh.com. Click on the preborn banner. It takes about 30 seconds to save the life of a baby. Go to preborn and save babies' lives today. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and uh, we're taking a look at the, obviously, I mean, it's redundant to say senseless tragedy, but when you see uh, a gunman going off as uh, the alleged gunman in Saturday night's attack in Colorado Springs, Anderson Lee Aldrich, uh, who is accused of opening fire on the patrons at Club Q in Colorado Springs, uh, he killed five, well, so far, the death toll is five, and there have been... uh, at least 25 other people who were wounded in the whole ordeal as well. Um, the question then remains, well, okay, what actually happened here? And what can we in the body of Christ do to, you know, keep something like this from happening? Um let's be honest, there's going to be a lot of virtue signaling going on around here. People in the LGBTQ community are going to say, Bay, this has been happening to us for generations. and just This is just a, another example of why we need more protections for people in the LGBTQ community. People who don't like guns are going to say, oh, see, if he didn't have access to guns, common sense, gun law, and blah, 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 blah. And then there are going to be people in the body of Christ who are going to say, well, you know, it happened at an LGBTQ club. And if they weren't, you know, I mean, you see how easy it is for pockets of our society to draw battle lines, to go into their bunkers, if you will, their silos, and say, well, this is how I'm going to think and feel about this. I wanna see if we can get to perhaps a bit more biblical, a bit more spiritually accurate uh, way to focus on this, because there's a great danger. One thing I do know about people who are in the LGBTQ community, and I've learned this from my friend Joe Dallas, who is part of Genesis Biblical Counseling, Joe lived that lifestyle for many, many years and now counsels people who come to him and say, Joe, I have these feelings anymore, but I don't want them. I've known Joe for over 30 years, and I, to my knowledge, he has never gone after somebody and said, oh, you went to that club. Well, you know what? Here, let me counsel you away from being gay. Never has he done that to someone unwillingly but to someone who was in Joe's position 30 years ago and said, hey, you know what? It got to the point where God convicted my heart. He offered me a plan for redemption and salvation. And then I realized, hey, I can't keep living this lifestyle and live for God at the same time. And then he went looking for help. And there are a lot of people in the church that said, oh, no, Joe, you, you, you've, you've been involved in that type of lifestyle. We can't have you here because, and I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. I mean, <laughs> I mean let, let's be honest. Can you imagine? if Jesus treated people the way we treat people with regard to sin, well, that's a choice that you made and da, da 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 Well, is it? I mean, I'm not suggesting that people are born a certain way. We're all born sinful. And we all have a proclivity for that. But how many people wind up in the situations they are, whether it's in drug abuse or you know, alcoholism or stuff like that, and there was a huge influence in their home or in their community that led them to that point? There's a young, young man who was part of the Pulse nightclub thing that happened in Orlando about six years ago, and he talked about how God used that mass murder there in a gay club. Guy walks in with a gun, starts opening fire. Um, God used that situation to lead a lot of people to faith. I've come encounter with probably four or five at least, and why I would meet them, I'm not sure, who were there that night who said, I became a Christian. One guy's a pastor. One guy started a ministry to people leaving the gay lifestyle. I mean, let's not discount what God can do in a situation like this. But first and foremost, let's take a look at some of the more common arguments and see how we as Christians not can diffuse them. We're not trying to win arguments on the Internet here, but rather to understand how people are going to process this so that we might do a better job of witnessing to them. Okay, first line of uh, attack will easily be from the LGBTQ community, hands down. Um, I've got a quote here because obviously the you know LGBTQ crowd uh, you know jumped right on this uh, Sarah Ellis is the Sarah Kate Ellis is the president and CEO of uh, Glad uh, the <clears throat> the gay lesbian anti-something, Um, She says, you can draw a straight line. This is her quote. You could draw a straight line from false and vile rhetoric about LGBTQ people spread by extremists and amplified across social media to nearly 300 anti-LGBTQ bills introduced this year to the dozens of attacks on our community like this one. Okay. Um, First order of business. Please know. And, And we've got some high ranking White House officials in on this as well. Anytime anyone speaks disparagingly about anybody in the gay community these days, it is a hate crime and it is an attack on people. Uh, I've got a tweet here. I don't. It's funny, ever since Elon Musk took over Twitter, uh, it seems like I've been a little more engaged in, in the Twitter world. Um, Lauren Boebert, who's a uh, congresswoman here in Colorado, um, went online and was commenting on the the situation at the Club Q. And what's interesting about it is, um, what's interesting about it is she's very much pro-Second Amendment, as a lot of people are. And anytime there's any sort of, attack on any group of people and it involves guns the people who don't like gun violence come up and say we need to take guns away basically i mean that let's we need stricter gun laws and that that'll make everybody safe and the reality is and you know this and i know this too i don't own a gun i fired a gun twice when i was a kid at a shooting range with a friend of mine who was really he was a eagle scout and gun enthusiast and we went out shooting bb guns i did shoot a 22 once it was kind of a trip but um and i might have shot it off in the backyard maybe um, at some cans that were set up. I, I might, And I might have knocked all of them down with the one shot. Um, but nonetheless, I don't own guns. I do not condemn people who do own them. I don't condone it either. I mean, if you, if you feel led to have a gun, get a gun. It, use it responsibly, get it registered, all that stuff. If you don't, I mean, that's entirely up to you. Uh, but it's interesting how many people will go after the gun lobby and say, how can you say that you are, you know, are saddened by what happened Saturday night when you support gun ownership. Uh, this is a, a, a quote on Twitter. Well, actually, a tweet from Lauren Bobert or Bobert. Uh, the news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful. This morning, the victims and their families are in my prayers. This lawless violence needs to end quickly. That was her quote. That's a very kind, I think, a considerate thing for her to say. Uh, Chasen Budigig who is the married, quote-unquote, uh, male partner of the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, tweeted a response. You encourage this type of hatred. Get off Twitter and start looking inward. He then it issued a separate tweet where he linked GOP and gun violence to the LGBTQ community quote, Republicans continue to run on and spread anti-LGBTQ ideology and hatred while refusing to lift a finger on gun violence. This is preventable, but only if they start seeing LGBTQ as equals and themselves as leaders. Um, California Congressman Robert Garcia, the first openly LGBTQ immigrant elected to com- Congress, also agreed. Now, please note, that the fact that some people have stood for a traditional biblical marriage and choose not to legally recognize gay quote-unquote marriage is now a hate crime, according to the quote-unquote husband of the Secretary of Transportation. We're refusing to lift a finger on gun violence. If you look statistically at the states that have the strictest laws on gun ownership, on the purchase of ammunitions and things of that nature, you will find that the majority of those states that have the strictest gun laws also have the highest levels of gun violence. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how more plainly we can make the conversation, but at least to it calmly, like CNN is trying to be the new PBS now. So they're bringing all their rhetoric that's largely anecdotal, but nonetheless, they're trying to be a little calmer, a little quieter with their rhetoric. And basically remind people of the fact that law-abiding citizens are already abiding by gun laws and the people who are creating the violent crimes are not. So creating stricter laws, it's kind of like putting up, you know, what, what, toilet paper wrapping around your house to hope that the rainstorm won't get your house wet. I mean, it, if someone has a proclivity for violence, they are not going to let common sense gun laws stop them. So, nonetheless, uh, but that's kind of where the the issue is. So, first and foremost, as it pertains to the LGBTQ community, this attack is a direct attack on the LGBTQ community. Mr. Aldrich may have a bone to pick with the LGBTQ community. He might actually be gay himself. We don't know. But just because people at a gay club were fired, is there anti-Semitism because Jewish people are attacked at a synagogue? That's a little easier to draw the line to, but no one would, how many people were at the LGBT club and club Q or whatever it is in Colorado Springs that weren't, maybe they were just there along with friends. I mean, the, the idea that this guy had a screw loose and decided he was going to rid the world of gays or whatever he was going to do. I mean, it's, it's horrible. It's reprehensible that someone would think, okay, I'm going to take out a group of people like this just because I don't like that group of people you don't have to be in total agreement with somebody with regard to their lifestyle to say, well, I'm still going to treat you with dignity and respect. I think you're walking down the wrong path. And ultimately, when you have to answer to God for your actions, all of us needs to have an advocate and our advocate's the Holy Spirit and our Savior is Jesus Christ. And if you believe that God is okay with your lifestyle, then you got nothing to worry about. But if you have a concern that he wouldn't be, and I'm of the opinion that he would not be okay with that lifestyle, then judgment day is going to be a really rough time for you. But the idea that the gay lobby will come out and say, you know, this is an attack against us and the gun, you know, anti-gun crowd will say this, that, and the other thing. But what about those of the body of Christ who will say the unthinkable or the unspeakable, which is, well, you know, I have a word for those of us in the body of Christ who might be tempted to think that. It's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues.
1: Bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them. Newport Bay Mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market. Act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor. With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones establish valuable financial security for the future. Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com/reverse or NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender.
0: Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It is Movie Monday, and we do have a great conversation. Kirk Cameron's going to join me in about ten minutes to talk about Life, Mark. We're going to talk about the Chosen coming in third at the box office. It's going to be a great dialogue. But I just want to wrap up the thoughts here on the shooting in Colorado Springs and Anderson Aldrich, the 22-year-old man with a history of police activity because even his own mother called and said hey he's got weapons he's got homemade bombs he threatened me that was about a year and a half ago and he was taken into custody then uh, he's in custody now for the uh, you know the five shooting deaths of the 25 other people who are, are wounded our thoughts and prayers of course with everybody who was impacted by this tragedy but let's us in the body of christ also look at this as an opportunity a lot of people face their own mortality that night in ways that we will never face it. And I'm not talking about the fact that they were in gay clubs and people were trying to hook up or do whatever they were doing in the club. Um, the, the reality is all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And lest we in the body of Christ just kind of smugly sit back and say, well, you know, I mean, if they hadn't been at that club, let, let's make sure that we take the log out of our own eye before we start looking at the speck in our brother's eye. It's not to say that what was happening there and what happens in the LGBTQ community, I believe it, I believe scripture's clear about how God feels about that. But we have a mission, as actually a commission as Christians. The great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And the great commission is go into all the world and preach the gospel. Nowhere in that commission does it say go into all the world and condemn sin. God's the judge god will do the condemning god will do the sentencing as it were our job is to say look we're sinners we were born into a sinful fallen world all of us are and now me my difference is i went from sinner to forgiven sinner i still sin i'm still a human being i'm still a work in progress but there but for the grace of god my debt has now been paid Whereas the person who is not redeemed by the blood of the lamb and still living in sinful activity is going to have a massive debt on judgment day that they can't pay. None of us can pay it. May we have, and Father, may we have hearts of compassion for people who are involved in the shooting over the weekend, those who are wounded that they, as they recover. Give them a great, powerful testimony of your deliverance, not only that night to save their lives, but to help them reevaluate the positions that they're in. All of us have fallen short of your glory, Lord, and we need to bend the knee before you. And for those of us who have received the gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we sing your praises, but we also tell others of what happened. We are nothing more than beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. And may we do so with grace and humility and compassion, not condemnation. We know that in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. We know that John three seventeen says you did not send your son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. Help us to be instruments of that healing, saving grace, especially in light of this horrible shooting tragedy in Colorado Springs over the weekend. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Whew. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're talking movies. It's Movie Monday here on the Bottom Line Show. Some giveaways and a great interview with Kirk Cameron coming up next. As the Bottom Line continues, ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive six percent CD alternative. This unique real estate-backed investment has continued to perform exceptionally well in good times and in bad.
2: I just reviewed a client file, and it really felt bad because in reviewing the file, I realized that if they had followed the advice they had received. If they'd have put the money to see the alternative, as I had recommended, they would have earned enough to build a church in Africa. Instead, the money is still in the bank, earning nothing but dust. I realized how important it is to know it's God's money, and we're just a good steward of it. One simple idea on the CD alternative would build a church in Africa
0: honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well. Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970 or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. If you're just tuning in, happy uh, first part of the holiday week. It's a getaway week for a lot of folks. And if you're traveling, remember, you can always carry us along on the My Hope Now app, or you can go to KCBC's app, or Kbright's app, or listen online. Take us wherever you go and wherever you're traveling. We've got a lot of good news to celebrate. Of course, you mentioned the first half hour of the program about the tragedy in Colorado Springs and uh, our thoughts and prayers, obviously, with the people who are involved there, the families involved, the family of the shooter, um, and the nation as the nation tries to grapple with another act of violence. And uh, unfortunately, the virtue signalers will be out and they'll be uh, signaling virtue. I mean, that's just that's what virtue signalers do. They'll, they'll make this all about uh, the LGBTQ lifestyle and not about the fact that 25 people were injured, and five people were killed in a horrific shooting caused by a man who had some mental challenges apparently some kind of mentally disturbed had a history of uh, police activity uh, cops were called out a year ago to his home because his mom said she didn't feel safe because he was making homemade bombs i mean there's just a, it's a recipe for disaster but if we don't keep the main thing the main thing <clears throat> we could, you know, we could very easily. Christians could very easily get lost in the well. You know, I mean, it did happen at an LGBTQ nightclub, so and we don't, we don't want to play that game either. So please keep the uh, victims and their families and everybody involved, law enforcement, as they get to the bottom of this, and know that God does some of His best work in the biggest tragedies. And uh, I've heard countless counts of people who survived the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, who uh, wound up, uh, you know, with. In ministry. I mean, quite frankly, it just really, it was kind of a come to Jesus moment when you face your own mortality like that. Hey, speaking of facing your own mortality, how about Hollywood facing its own mortality this weekend? First, the the head of Disney gets bounced because they didn't like the non-family way the company was going. And then the little engine that could was hanging on. I'm talking about The Chosen. Uh, we've been talking so much about the chosen for such uh, for many months about the anticipation that chosen season 3 rather than just drop as they say or release on the chosen app and angel Studios and all the different places where you can stream the chosen um, they decided to do a theatrical release similar to what they did last year at Christmas time with fathom events where the chosen would be released on this 2000 screens I mean now you're talking, that's what some of the major motion pictures it was up against. Usually, the reason Christian films don't always do so well at the box office is they get released on four or 500 screens, and then Wakanda Forever is at 4,500. Well, Wakanda came in set, uh, first once again. It's 500 million over <laughs> the worldwide. It's, it's a phenomenon. People love the first one. They'll love the second one. But The Chosen was actually in second place for a lot of the weekend, and it just got edged out by a movie called The Menu, at the very last minute, chosen wound up at about 8.2 million dollars, which was good for third place. The menu came in at nine million dollars. So, I mean, it was just it was just by the hairs on their chinny chin chin. And I believe, if I recall correctly, that the menu had about a thousand more screens. So, the per screen average for chosen was phenomenal. So, if you did win tickets from us here at the Bottom Line Show, I you enjoyed the the showing. It's still in theaters. You can go see it. And then, of course, the actual season three premiere online happens after Thanksgiving. So if you didn't get a chance to go to the theaters and you're trying to pinch a few pennies, I encourage you to, you know, wait and get the app and you can watch it there. But also, please go to TheBottomLineShow.com. Check out my interviews there. And we've got some web content as well. I know it's at rogermarsh.com. I'm not sure if it's at My Hope Now yet or not. We got We we give uh, Josh Myers, sorry, the guy who uploads all the video for My Hope Now. Tamra puts it all together, and then Josh uploads it. And sometimes we give him so much content, it takes him a while to get it uploaded. But we've got four really outstanding interviews that I was able to do um, with uh, Brandon Potter, who plays Quintus, and also uh, Liz uh, Tabish, who plays uh, Mary Magdalene. And, um, and also Thaddeus and John uh, the Apostle uh, are up there. Nice set that they provided for us at uh, The Chosen my, when I did my set visit back in August, and you can see all of that up at for sure at rogermarsh.com. Um, speaking of movies we're going to take a quick break here today is movie monday and movie monday comes with an interview a product that we talk about and a giveaway too and the movie monday giveaway today involves pureflix.com yet again they've got another special event coming up life mark remember the movie that I had talked to alex and Stephen kendrick about back in august when it was in theaters life mark the outstanding pro-life pro-adoption movie that uh, really made a huge impact on people it's one of the few pro-life movies that doesn't fall into the category of oh they're talking about not aborting you know well that's fine but what happens when you keep the child and release the child for adoption life mark will start streaming exclusively on pureflix.com tomorrow just in time for thanksgiving and we have numerous opportunities for you to get free streaming for now through the end of the year at pureflix.com uh, just give us a call 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line kirk cameron talking life bark coming up next
3: as the bottom line continues when you're injured in an accident you just want to be treated like a human being but when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery it can feel dehumanizing Stephanie Cover puts a client's total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well-positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side.
0: Well, it is a movie Monday here on The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Every Monday here on the program, we like to feature something that is coming out or is going to be available very, very soon. And tomorrow, November 22nd, we began an exclusive uh, engagement on Pure Flix with a movie that I saw a couple months ago that I was just taken with. We've had Alex and Stephen Kendrick on to talk about the movie Life Mark. And joining us today here is the man who's actually the driving force behind it and the star of the movie, Kirk Cameron, as uh, the star of Life Mark. And we've got a link for the trailer for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's coming to Pure Flix tomorrow. Kirk Cameron, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you. Great, great to be with you, Roger. And I'm um, excited to be talking about Life Mark. Let's let's get into this movie here, because from what the Kendrick brothers told me, you were the guy who rang them up and said, I saw this documentary. You guys should make it into a movie. Is that accurate? I mean, that's a super short Reader's Digest version, but fill in some of the gaps for us if you would. Yeah,
4: that's essentially that's how it happened. Um, uh, Prior to that, somebody had sent me a a, texted me a link to a, a short documentary called I Lived on Parker Avenue, and it was this great little documentary about this 19 year old young man who was adopted, and uh, before he went off to law school, he wanted to reconnect with his biological mother, if if possible, mm-hmm. and he was able to do that, and he discovered uh, his a whole backstory that he never knew about what led to the decision for her to place him up for adoption. Uh, it's an incredibly moving story, and it inspired me, particularly as an adoptive father. I've got mm-hmm. six kids, and four of my kids are adopted, and my wow. wife is an adopted child. Mm-hmm. So uh, this little documentary wrecked me, and I called my my buddies, the Kendrick brothers, and I said, "Hey guys, um, I want to make this into a movie. Uh, would you just take a look at this story and tell me if you think uh, it's a good idea, a bad idea, and if I'm, if you know, if I, I got to be careful about anything?" And they said, "Well, we just watched it, and man, we want to make it with you. How about we <laughs> co-produce it?" Mm. I said, "I said, heck yeah, let's do it." So. Yeah. We- it just came out this last summer in movie theaters.
0: Yeah, and it had a great run in the theaters. And now, of course, we're, as we're getting ready for the home delivery with PureFlix.com and eventually DVD and Blu-ray, um, it's encouraging to see a movie like this because I think this is the part of the pro-life equation that often gets left on the cutting room floor. There, there's a movie like uh, uh, any of the pro-life movies. I, I could, I'm trying to think of the one, the Abby Johnson story. Um, Unplanned. Unplanned. Thank you. Um, I don't know why I drew a blank, but that is a movie that basically says, okay, if you have an unplanned pregnancy, there are women going to abortion clinics and they're either choosing to abort the child or keep the child. But adoption is that option that's kind of been the 800-pound gorilla in the room. And it's amazing how many families are saying, look, we would gladly adopt children. How many women saying, look, I wouldn't have chosen abortion if I knew adoption was an option. And that's really at the heartbeat, literally, of this story. Kirk, talk about what it's like for you as an adopted father playing an adopted father in the movie lifeline
4: Yes, it's an honor. It was exciting for me to play this part. And it was exciting for me to meet the the real guy, Jimmy Scotten, who I play in the movie. Uh, The whole story is just so inspiring. Um, And when I think about adoption, I want people to be more aware of it, because it formed our family. I've got six kids. And, you know, I I don't know what, I don't know where we'd be. I don't know who I'd be without all of my kids. Uh, Being a father is just one of the most exciting and important roles that I've ever played. And uh, God loves adoption. Um, I mean, when when God decided how he was going to write the story and everything was going to play out. I mean, here, here Jesus himself is the result of an unplanned pregnancy right. from, from Mary's human perspective. Moses was scheduled to be aborted by government decree, and his mom, full of faith, puts him in a basket and sends him down a river. Um, and, and and amazing things happened because of adoption. And the timing of this movie couldn't have been more outrageous. We did it in 2019, but then it got shut down due to the pandemic closings of businesses and movie theaters. Uh then Roe v. Wade gets overturned at the Supreme Court and six weeks later, here comes our movie, <laughs> rushing into the theaters, celebrating mm. the value of life and the beauty of adoption.
0: Mm. It's a beautiful story. Kirk Cameron with me today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about Life Mark, the powerful new pro-life, pro-adoption movie that was in theaters this past summer and now is streaming at pureflix.com. And we're going to be giving you an opportunity as a bottom line listener to get a free subscription to Pure Flix so you can watch that, especially over the holiday season. Uh, Kirk, let's talk about I mean, the, the timing here. I mean, obviously, you didn't set out to make a political movie, but this is a movie that does have uh, you know, political overtones to it. 24th of June Roe versus Way is overturned November the 8th three states basically enshrine uh, abortion into their state constitutions not only California but also uh, we like to say the People's Republic of Michigan and Vermont as well um, it, it's you didn't necessarily set it out to make a political statement but you basically are making one uh, what kind of feedback have you gotten positive and negative from people regarding that aspect of the movie
4: yeah I- I think one of the, I think one of the most tragic and um wicked things that 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 has happened is that people take um moral issues and somehow they um quarantine them into this category and they call them political issues. and hmm. And that sort of gives them maybe a, a reason not to deal with it because they don't hmm. want to be political. Yeah, um but, you know, I mean, do you, do, would you call slavery like a political issue? or would you say no, that's just like, that's just like that's just wicked to enslave other human beings based off the color of their skin. That's just right. evil. I, I would put this category into the same category. Uh, I mean, you're gonna say that certain human beings are are not essential or don't deserve to live because of what They're tiny uh, because they're dependent on other people um, because of where they are uh, at a given moment in time in their development. Um, man, we could put other categories of people into the same into the same spot. How about the elderly? How about the disabled? Um, how about infants and toddlers? Uh, yeah. Totally dependent on other people. So these are moral issues, and every God-fearing, um, liberty-loving uh, person with a beating heart ought to want to. In my view, stand up for the rights of every human being. And, uh, and as a as a guy who's benefited from the adoption option, I look at that as, um, man, when 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 adoption is 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 taking place, then those birth moms in difficult situations are being helped with a solution that actually saves someone's life, mm-hmm. like the baby, and it's an answer to the prayers. Of the many many couples who want to
0: have kids but can't right right i'm talking with kirk cameron today here on the bottom line adoptive dad is he also the uh, co-producer and the star of the brand new movie called life mark which is a powerful pro-life pro-adoption movie and we've got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com uh, kirk you the thing about the movie that i was telling the kendrick brothers really got to me was the fact that you, having i saw the movie then i went back and watch the documentary and uh, because I came into the movie not knowing about the documentary I just thought this would be kind of fun and I remember thinking during the movie I mean no defense intended but I thought but Kurt's kind of really underplaying this role he just kind of seems really mellow and everything then I saw the making of and (laughs) realized no you nailed it in terms of getting Jimmy's story I mean you were so good at, at portraying that story one of the scenes that I love in this film and I'd love to get your comment on this especially as an adoptive parent yourself of an adoptive father, is the scene where, um, where David's parents, his birth parents, are, have finally decided to embrace the adoption option. Obviously, there was a, a little tension where his birth father had grown up at home where mom was adopted, and he wasn't really looking at it as an option. But when they start looking through the letters of all the couples writing to them and basically saying, this is what your child will get in our home. I was just I was just broken up when I saw that. What what is it like for the adoptive family to go through that? Just kind of walk us through what you and Chelsea went through adopting your four kids in terms of the emotions, the highs and lows. What what's the process like?
4: Yeah, I love that scene in the movie too. <clears throat> and 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 that young couple, 17, 18 years old, going through all those letters of adoptive parents, uh, they were blown away too. They're like, man, I never knew that there was this many couples who who were looking to adopt. Yeah. <clears throat> and for me and chelsea um you know we'd been married for five or six years and we decided that this would be a great time for us to start our family let's let's start with adoption um it instantly it wasn't because we couldn't have children <clears throat> it was because uh we knew we wanted to be parents and with chelsea being an adopted child we thought there's a lot of other kids out there who need a home so let's just do this um and that's why we started that and for us it, it was a, it was a great process. We happened to get connected with an adoption agency worker who um, had kind of a unique process and were able to bring uh, kids who needed homes to us. And man, it was, it, it was simple. It was easy. I know it's not that way for everybody. Every state has different laws, and every family situation is different. Um, uh, you know where where they live, uh, the amount of finances uh, required, and and all of that kind of stuff. But for us, it was pretty smooth. And um, man, one one child after another, one year after another, and, until we had four, and then Chelsea got pregnant twice, and we said, <laughs> okay, uh, you know, the Brady bunch, Brady bunch ended it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that was chaotic most of the time. Let's
0: let's stop right here. And it ended up being the perfect number for us. I think that's great. Life, Mark, is a brand new movie starring Kirk Cameron. It was in theaters during the summer. It's now at pureflix.com. And uh, I can't recommend this movie enough. Kirk is with me today here on the bottom line to talk about it. Um, As we think about what the impression that this movie has made on people you mentioned that it had a really solid opening when it was in theaters and i would imagine the demand is, is is very very strong now what kind of feedback have you gotten kurt cameron from people who are saying wow that like you know me just saying i was bawling like a baby when i watched them going through all those letters yeah. or what was it like when they first came to mom's house and then the dad's house you know and 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 playing the conduit you know you're playing jimmy Scotten, who's the guy who says i could have very easily put cold water on this and yet jimmy said no if david wants to meet his birth parents we're going to do this
4: yeah yeah um man we've been getting great feedback people come up to me saying the same things man i didn't think it was going to be so emotional you should have warned us about that <laughs> right and, yeah. um and um we've been get, i mean I think one of the things that was really cool is uh, you, you know you look to rotten tomatoes you look to movie critics right and say, well, what did they think what did the, the audience say what are the what are the reviews that we're getting rotten tomatoes you know we we got a ninety seven percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and the critic score was a one hundred percent. Wow, and they're hundred percent. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what other movies have hundred percent right. on the on the right. critic scores, but we're just not getting bad reviews. People mm-hmm. are just very moved by the story. And then uh, I love responses like this. There was a guy who uh, saw the movie a couple of days later. He was in his car. Uh, as an Uber driver. And he's a really shy, introverted kind of guy. He picks up uh, a young lady and notices that the destination he's driving her to is an abortion clinic. Hmm. He remembers the movie that he saw just two nights earlier. And he summons the courage to ask her a question. He says, excuse me, would you be open to talking to someone before you go to this place and make a decision that's going to impact you for the rest of your life. I just saw a movie that I think would really be wise for you to see. And she said, yes, he put her on the phone with a lady from a pregnancy resource center who counseled her, showed her the movie, then connected her with a local church in her area, reunited her with her estranged family. She ends up, uh, like going all in with her faith with God and choosing life for her baby. Wow. Wow. And uh, those are the stories that we just, you know, we just raise our hands and just say, thank you, God. You know, this is just a good story, a movie. This is something that's
0: actually saving people's lives and, and changing families. I love it. Uh, Kirk Cameron with me today here on The Bottom Line, producer and star of the brand new movie called Life Mark, a powerful movie that's been described as, of course, pro-adoption. It's pro-family. It's pro-life. But one of the, the aspects of this too, uh, Kirk and I want you, we're wrapping up our time together here. There definitely is a reconciliation and forgiveness aspect of this movie here, too, that not all adoptive families get. But in the case of David Scott, and he did talk about why it was so important to tell that you guys didn't rush through that. And I appreciate it. It wasn't just like, here's a couple of pictures, happy ending, roll the credits. I mean, you really gave that a chance to breathe. Talk about why that was so important to do that way.
4: Well, uh, I'm glad that these themes are coming through. Um, You know, you make a movie like this and you hope and, you know, you you pay attention to the details, but sometimes uh, you you don't know if people are going to catch them. So this idea of reconciliation, um, you know, can you imagine the questions when you're adopted and you wonder, why did my mom... Give me up for adoption, uh, man. It would have been so easier for her to just abort me. Um, God, what's your plan in all of this? And where's my where's my biological father in all of this? By the way, wasn't he willing to support her? Was there something wrong with me? What's what's the deal? Um, and and for that birth mother, she had the idea in her head that uh, he was go that her son was going to hate her for making the decision to essentially abandon him, that's what she thought he would have interpreted it as. And so she was looking, she probably carried that guilt and that shame, um, that feeling that just weighed a thousand pounds on her shoulders and she she wanted to know that he didn't hate her. Uh, maybe he needed to forgive her for what she did. And really the movie comes around and and just sort of wraps all of it up. There's a beautiful reconciliation, not only with his mother, but with his biological father, yes. he's able to offload all of this guilt. And um, man, choosing life, um, it, you just see by the end of the story, like, I mean, would you ever have written the story differently? Would it ever have been better if if, if she as a birth mother made a different decision here? You'd go, man, I, I, I'm I, so glad it went this
0: way. It, it all worked out it's beautiful well kirk cameron teaming with the kendrick brothers to put together just a very uh, emotional spiritually strong and very redemptive movie the movie's called life mark uh, it's it been in theaters and now it's up at streaming exclusively at pureflix.com and we have a link for lifemarkmovie.com up at the bottom line show.com uh kirk it's been too long since you and the kendrick brothers worked together hopefully it's not going to be another 14 years before you guys have another project together you guys have got any thoughts anything else in the works that we could look forward to well, I hope it won't be that long either. I
4: don't think it will be.
0: Yeah, good. Uh,
4: we we uh, we love working with one another and uh, we don't have anything right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see us uh, teaming up again real
0: soon. Well, next time Kirk Cameron watches a documentary, you know the phone's going to start ringing at the Kevin Brothers <laughs> Studios. that's for sure. Kirk Cameron, the star of the new movie Life Mark, which is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for the movie and thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks, bro. Thanks for all you do. Keep up the great work. Well, likewise, Kirk, it's always great to catch up with you. Lifemark begins its streaming exclusively on Pure Flix tomorrow. And I have three of these opportunities for Bottom Line listeners uh, to get a free subscription right now to Pure Flix. Uh, So 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Kirk Cameron stars in Life Mark, the outstanding pro-life, pro-adoption movie, and we want you to see it for free. You can watch it all throughout Thanksgiving, all throughout Christmas at home for free. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. My thanks again to Kirk Cameron for spending time with me today here on The Bottom Line on our Movie Monday to talk about the Life Mark movie, of course, that we had the Kendrick Brothers on, earlier in the summer to talk about when it had its theatrical release. But now LifeMark is going to be streaming exclusively on PureFlix.com. And you can get a free seven-day trial if you go to PureFlix.com and sign up. But we want you to have a lengthier stay in your free visit. So call us right now. We've got three of these free subscriptions to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. um, Kirk Cameron, The Kendrick Brothers, a great story. If adoption has touched you and impacted your family, you will be moved by this movie Life Mark. But movies do have the ability, when they're done well, this was originally a documentary that David Scott had shot with a friend of his about his impending meeting with his birth mother. And about was a 20-minute movie it was on, available on YouTube. Kirk Cameron watched it, called the Kendrick brothers and said, we need to make this into a major motion picture. And they did. It was very moving, very compelling to tell you what it's like to be teenagers who are expecting a child and consider abortion. But then they even had a problem with adoption and had to work through those issues. And then to play, place the child for adoption and see the, the many families. The scene where uh, Kirk and I talked about the fact that his, that uh, uh, the, the, the David's parents, his birth parents, were going through and having to decide which family was going to be the the one to take their son. And you see the stacks and stacks, like hundreds of letters sitting around on the floor on the couch from parents who are desperate to be parents. And every time I see leftists going out and say, we need to kill more kids, we need to have abortion as a constitutional right, it breaks my heart, not because I don't want people to have foundational and fundamental rights that they need. I don't believe abortion is one of those rights. But when you think about the children and you think about the families that would willingly adopt these kids that are being aborted, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And this film is a game changer. And I'm glad we're profiling it here on Movie Monday. Life Mark starring Kirk Cameron, available streaming exclusively on Pure Flix starting tomorrow, November 22nd. We've got three free Pure Flix subscriptions to give away to bottom line show listeners right now. 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line, and if you don't get through in time for one of the subscriptions, we have other movies that we're giving away as well, so we've got a DVD with your name on it. Just give us call. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, we've got uh, Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, how do you follow God's will in your everyday life? Author and blogger Brittany Ann is going to join me to talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to take on a very difficult subject, but there really is a simple solution. It's not easy, but it's definitely simple. The question is, how do you follow God's will? I mean, there's some Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life that sometimes are hiding in plain sight. And we just need a friendly reminder of what they are. And our friendly reminder-er is Brittany Ann, who is a, an ECPA best-selling author, speaker, and founder of EquippingGodlyWomen.com, which is a popular Christian living website. She's the author of a brand new book that has a very simple but powerful and profound title. It's called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. And we have a link for the book up at show.com. Brittany Ann, welcome to The Bottom Line Show.
5: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: This is such a, I love how refreshingly simple this is, because I understand that this is a question that really is, its if there ever were an unspoken, unshared prayer request, you know, I've got an unspoken one sitting there in the circle. It's what exactly is God's will? And I know that that sounds like such a massive topic to take on, but when you look at scripture, you begin to realize, well, it's not necessarily that we answer this all with one fell swoop. It's a bunch of different decisions and different opportunities that come our way each and every day. Talk about why this was such an important project for you to embark on right now, this season of life.
5: Yes, this is such a question. How you mentioned just a minute ago, you have things that you are also haven't spoken. And I feel like I have had so many conversations with so many people lately who are all trying to figure out, What does God want me to do? Whether that is in the big realm where they're trying to figure out what does God want me to do with my life? What was I created for? What was I put on this earth to do? Or if it is simply a matter of how do I live out my faith well? How do I love my coworker? How do I love my neighbor? You know, the Bible is full of so much wisdom and encouragement, but it's not always easy to know how the Bible's kind of vague, generic Um, parables and stories and examples and wisdom might apply to our life specifically today. So after having gotten so many questions and so many conversations, um, I knew it was something that I needed to look into to try to figure out, okay, how can we break this down? How can we share this in a way that's more simple? Because sometimes I think we overcomplicate it just a little yeah, bit.
0: Definitely. And it really does kind of boil down to a question of first of all discovering God's will and then following it. I mean, that 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 would be the easy answer to say, well, this book will help you do all that, but obviously there's a lot more to it than that. But in the discovery part, I, I I'm intrigued by the fact that we know what the commands are, you know, in terms of how we're supposed to live our Christian life. But when it comes to the calling part, I think that's maybe where a lot of us stumble because we start, we kind of have our own idea of what we think God's, you know, will for our life is. It involves the way we think we're called. But you have kind of broken it down into four different calls that every Christian has on their lives. Can you walk us through those, if you would, Brittany? Because I think that might provide a helpful foundation for the dialogue we're about to have.
5: Yes. So as I was attempting to answer this question for myself, I thought back to, okay, Jesus was on the earth for such a short amount of time. And if there was something that we were supposed to do, surely he would say something. So when I went back and I just scoured through the gospels and made all of these lists of all of the things he told us to do, it really broke down into four things that all fall under one theme. So the four things that you asked about a minute ago, we see Jesus repeating in the Gospels time and time again, these four commands. One is to repent. Two is to follow him. Three is to believe him. And then four is to make disciples. And all of that, all of these commands that he gives us all fall under the same umbrella, which he tells us in Matthew chapter 22, which is that Jesus tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and then love your neighbor as yourself. And these four commands that he gives us helps us to do what God tells us are the most important commands of all.
0: Brittany Ann is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. She is the founder of EquippingGodlyWomen.com, which is a Christian living website that is designed uh, for women who are looking for answers to some of the most challenging questions of life and also just for a place to kind of uh, hang out and find some fellowship. And we're talking about her brand new book called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life, which we have a link for up at TheBottomLineShow.com. And I I don't mean to harp on this because it's kind of an earthly measure of of success, but uh, Amazon, you've got nothing but five-star ratings. So obviously you struck a nerve (laughs) with people who are looking for this too. Um, There's a big difference between what is God's call on my life and what do I think my call is on my life. And the fact that you broke it down into those four different attitudes that Jesus talks about in the Gospels, it really kind of takes it, it peels us away from the trappings of the world, doesn't it? You know, I think the calling of my life is to have the perfect marriage or the perfect family or, or to have the perfect uh, work relationship or this, that, and the other thing. When you boil it down to things that seem a bit more general but are very specific to each of us, um, then you can see where some of the confusion might, uh, might lie. And a lot of that has to do with the Word of God whether it's written or spoken, you know, where you're hearing it in church or whatever. Talk about the role that God's word plays in helping us understand God's will for our lives.
5: Yeah, that's a great question, because God's word has to be where we start when it comes to seeking his will for our lives. There are so many things that He could call each of us individually to do, and He will. He'll call us to reach out to our neighbors or volunteer or start a business or start a nonprofit. All of these different things that He can call us to, but nothing that He ever calls us to is going to contradict what He has already told us in His Word. So I think sometimes we get distracted thinking, you know, what are the specific things that we're supposed to do? And God's telling us, hey, I've already made it clear for you love God, love others, and God's Word is full of so many commands and examples, mm-hmm. not to place an unnecessary burden on us, but to show us this is how you love other people. This is what it looks like. Here's how you can do that, practically speaking. So that's where some of those rules and guidelines come in, because they're there to help us and to show us.
0: You know, it's interesting. One of the things you talk about is uh, in the book, uh, Follow God's Will, is to choose your friends wisely. And not only friends, but friendships. And, you know, I can we were my wife and i were walking through this with one of our sons who is coming to the realization that a lot of the guys he thought were quote unquote always there for him have really never using another you know colloquialism never really had his back they weren't really true friends they were kind of they were there for what they could get out of him not necessarily for what what they could actually pour into his life um we know that a lot of people in the body of christ these days will say well i have tons of friends at church but you know there's that guy i work with or the family up the road who aren't necessarily Christians, but they are people that I would consider to be friends to. You have a chapter in your book that talks about the the wisdom of choosing friendships wisely. Talk about why that's an important, I mean, it seems obvious to those of us in the body of Christ, but maybe in your experience in ministry, uh, Brittany Ann, it's kind of coming back to where you're seeing, well, gosh, part of the reason why you're having a hard time following God's will is because you're kind of wandering over here with these people.
5: Yeah, it does seem like it should be something that's so obvious. I felt so silly when I started to write this chapter because I'm asking questions like, Hey, should we be friends with people who are Christians? Should we be friends with people who are non Christians? But the more that I started listening to so many of the conversations that are out there, there's so many people who are saying, Oh, you shouldn't be friends with non Christians at all, or it's totally fine. And so I think that there has to be a balance, and that's why we need to go to scripture for that discernment. So what does the Bible say? And when we see in the Gospels, we see that Jesus didn't only spend time with the religious people. He also spent time with the sinners. He spent time with all kinds of people. But we can also see how those relationships affected him. And we can read in Paul's letters of the advice that he gave. So I think it starts with first recognizing what kinds of people are in our lives, what kinds of influence we are having on them, but also what kind of influence that they are having on us, so that we are surrounding ourselves with people who can encourage us and who can help us go on the right path, but that we're not only surrounding ourselves with people who look and think and believe exactly like we do, because that can be a danger as well.
0: Yes. I'm talking with Brittany Ann today about uh, her new book, Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. We have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com and how important it is to navigate those friendships uh, wisely, especially when we're looking for, uh, wanting to make, you know, good and right decisions. And yet, uh, how often we do find ourselves kind of uh, at the wrong end of that. And uh, this book will provide the kind of biblical wisdom that I believe will be uh, uh, very beneficial to men and women alike. I uh, will take a quick break. When we come back, we to talk about, we've been talking about following God's will and also well, discovering what it is. We'll talk about ways that we can, you know, take on some of the social issues of the world without, uh, you know, the, the, necessarily getting involved in kind of like the political upheaval that a lot of people find themselves when they're speaking out for truth and justice and things like that. We'll talk about cultivating a faith-filled mindset too on the other side of this break. My conversation with Brittany Ann continues in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today, Wilson Financial Services, honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well, 800-696-9970.
2: Just reviewed a client who put money into 3D alternative versus leaving it in a bank. The results are in, and they're fun. It's a fun report. Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. I often wonder why God's people don't do a better job with stewarding God's money, and I personally think one of them is that they've never been told how or why they should be doing it. Maybe they never heard it's God's money, and we're only to be the good stewards of it. But just for fun, this turned out Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. This isn't your money. This is God's money, and we want to show you how to be the best possible steward you can be. Wilson Financial Services, 800 696 9970
0: Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Brittany Ann is my guest today here on the bottom line. I'm Roger Marsh. Her book is called Follow God's Will, uh, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. We've got a link for that up at the in addition to a link for the uh, the website that she has founded, Equipping Godly Women com, which is a really popular Christian living website. Uh, Brittany, what led you? In, I mean, your your bio tells us that you are married to an incredibly godly husband, which we would expect nothing less. You know, for the fact that you've got this uh, you know perfect life, perfect on, on the website. And I'm I'm having a little fun with that. But how, what what led you to do this? What to help us understand your background and why EquippingGodlyWomen.com came into existence.
5: So this came about because I was in a season where I didn't know God's will for my life. I was at home with little ones, and I thought, you know, I am home with babies. I can't go out and start this ministry. I can't go out and do all of these things that I thought maybe that I would want to do. But what could I do in the season that I was in? And Mm -hmm. what I found that I could do is I could start writing online. That's what I could do with where I was. And so I just started writing online to be able to equip women in God's truth all over the world. And from there, it has just snowballed. Once um, I walk through one door, that's when God opens the next door and the next door. So it's not a matter. So often we think that we have to see the whole entire plan and go for it. But for me, and for so many women I talk to, it's a matter of what can you do with exactly right where you are with the resources that you have, and then trust God as you follow him in that.
0: You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Brittany, because I thought the first two things that came to mind were, wow, out of all the websites in the world, having one that just is called equip, Equipping Godly Women, and the fact that you have been writing and, and your work really gained some traction, if you will, uh, that's nothing short of God's hand. I mean, because you and I both know how crazy the web can be. It's, it's worse than terrestrial radio yeah. you know, in terms of trying to attract listeners. But secondly, though, too, and I, I just want to commend you on your obedience. It was years ago that I was talking with a guy called Bruce Marciano, who's uh, one of the guys who's been portraying Jesus in films and stuff like that for the past 30 years. And he was mentored by the actor Dean Jones. And uh, our bottom line listeners are going to uh, yawn because I'm sharing the story again. But Dean, of course, was mm-hmm. in The Love Bug and all those Disney movies. He was a huge success. And then he wasn't because he was a Christian and no one wanted him to play those good guy roles anymore. They wanted him to be, you know, do love scenes and stuff like that. And he mentored Bruce when he was just kind of, he used to be Dean Jones. And he said the, the best piece of advice Dean, Dean ever gave to Bruce was he said, eat whatever God puts on your plate every day. You know, don't overthink it. Don't think about the next meal. Don't think about the next day. He said, you come to the table and you ask for, you know, God's blessing and provision and you eat whatever he puts on your your table. And that way you'll always be blessed. And the fact that God led you to just say, okay, I can't do everything, but I can write is such a classic example of you living out, you know, God's will in your life and kind of makes you a a unique expert and qualified and uh, reaching out to others with this new book, Following God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life, written by Brittany Ann, who's my guest today here on the Bottom Line Show. Um, There are things that we are seeing in the culture right now, and a lot of Christians are feeling compelled to kind of add their voices to you know, social injustice, wrongdoing, stuff like that. I mean, things that even in the body of Christ, we're seeing more and more pastors and ministries held to account because of some wrongdoings. And I think that it's healthy for the body of Christ. It doesn't help us at all. I, my heart breaks when I think of the number of uh, leaders and pastors and writers and theologians that I've met, let alone, uh, you know, benefited from their work, who then wind up having kind of a, you know, a come to Jesus moment. And you have to wonder how much is their ministry worth if they've been carrying on this way. Um, how far, you address this in your book, Follow God's Will, and I appreciate you did. When you talk about others, it doesn't have to be a major organization. It could just be somebody you know who's engaged in some wrongdoing. Uh, you talk about speaking up against sin and wrongdoing, both in your personal lives, in the culture. Talk about why it's important for us to have discernment, to know when we should confront someone and when we should just kind of pump the brakes, as they say, and kind of keep our mouth shut for a season.
5: Yeah, this is a great question, because I do believe that there are times when it is so important and we need to speak up. I always think of the analogy I heard a pastor share one time, that if you saw someone running headlong toward a cliff, you wouldn't just sit back and and say, you know, good luck for you, you're going to die, but oh well, no one cares. Um, If you saw your friend heading headlong into danger, you would call out, you would yell, stop, you would let them know that there's this thing that they're running towards. Um, and so I think there does need to be a time where we do need to share. We need to tell people, maybe they don't see the cliff on the other side. Maybe they don't have a life experience. Maybe they don't know, or maybe they don't know that there's other options. So There's absolutely a time that we need to speak up, both to protect our loved ones who might be in these situations and to protect the other people who might be affected by these situations. However, while there are times where we absolutely need to speak up for truth, There are also many times when maybe someone needs to speak up, but that someone isn't us. Mm. There are so many billions of people in the world today, and we are not called to witness to all of them. We are not the Holy Spirit. It is not our job to make other people behave the way that we want them to. So I think we really have to do it in the right perspective of, hey, I am sharing this because I love you, because I care. Going back to what Jesus says are the two most important commandments to love God and to love others, to make sure that we are sharing what we know, that the truth, that we're sharing that out of love, but we're not doing it out of a sense of arrogance or a sense of, well, my way is right, and you better do it this way, and this is my understanding of God's Word, and I would be uncomfortable if you did that. So I think we really have to step back and say, why am I sharing this? And am I the right person to share this? And how should I share this? And there's a lot of questions that need to go into that before we even say anything.
0: Yeah, I'm talking with Brittany Ann today here on The Bottom Line. Her outstanding new book is called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. We've got a link for the book up at the com. Uh, Brittany, one of the things that you tackle in this book, I think, it's so important, is the fact that oftentimes we still, as Christians, are, you know, we we want to say, "I'm completely sold out and surrendered in my faith." At the same time, I also understand too that I am flesh and blood, and I am. <laughs> it's, sometimes living a faith-filled mindset is is hard, and I just I want to take the foot off the gas. I just want to eat some donuts and curl up with a blanket and not have to go deal with it. Um, how do we, what you recommend a few ways that we can do this, but how do we cultivate a faith-filled mindset that says, okay, I want to know God's will, I want to do God's will, but I want to keep doing it even when my flesh says, no, I'm just not feeling it today.
5: Well, the good thing to know is that there's only one who is perfect, and that is God, and that is Amen. not us. If you are someone who says, you know, I really struggle with this. I know that I should be following God's will, but I'm scared, but I'm insecure, but I can't do this. Um, The good news is God already knows. I still show up every day, and I've talked to so many people. Those of us who are living out these things that we want to do, we still show up scared. We still show up insecure, but that's the thing is knowing that it doesn't depend on us. Um, Our Heavenly Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He created time. He created resources. He has everything that we need. It's only up to us to say yes and to trust him that he will do it when we give our yes. So going back to your question of how do we do this, I think it starts by um, recognizing that it's okay to do it imperfectly, that it's okay if we don't have it figured out. Um, But just taking those baby steps, surrounding ourselves with good Christian friends, making sure that we're in God's Word regularly, and then just taking those small steps forward, trusting that when we take the first step, God will make the way for the second step, and we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to see the whole picture, but we can trust that who God is, that He loves us, that He cares for us, and He will make it possible if it is something that He has called us to do.
0: Brittany Ann is the author of a brand new book called "Follow God's Will: Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life." We've got a link for that up at the BottomLineShow dot A couple minutes left in our time together, Brittany And um, You know, I, I realized that that used to be kind of like the ultimate question. You know, how do I follow God's will when life is hard? but it's kind of becoming the penultimate question now because of the fact that people who disagree with our Christian faith are a lot more bold, you know, in the way that as a matter of fact, they've got the culture kind of on their side where it used to be, we as Christians could say, okay, well, you know, it, it's America, you know, being a Christian is kind of a home game for us. We're the home team. Now it's, it's getting tougher and tougher. And I would imagine, especially for women um, who, you know, relationships are so everything. Um, how mm-hmm. do you encourage women to stand strong or our faith, when they find themselves facing more and more opposition, either with the school system or or just the culture on the whole, uh, what, what are some good steps that a woman could take to stand firmer in her faith?
5: I think the first thing that I would do is to surround myself with a really strong, supportive community, because it's... So difficult sometimes. All of us, we want to fit in. We want to be accepted. That's just um, the way that we're wired sometimes, that we want to fit in. So, making sure that you are surrounding yourself with other Christian women or men or whoever is in your community that um, cheer you on, that are doing these kinds of things that you want to do, that they're not lukewarm in their faith, that they are stepping out boldly, um, that they're speaking up when it's time to speak up and staying quiet when it's time to stay quiet, and that they're people who, even when they're afraid, they're doing it anyways. So that's what I would start with, you know, find that community. And if you don't have that community, um, find a local church. And if you can't find that local church, um, there's so many resources online like this show. And even in God's Word, just going back to all of those Bible stories um, and just to see, it's so encouraging to me to go back and see... God came through for this person, and God came through for this person, and God came through for this person, and the same God that came through back then, who parted the Red Sea, who demolished Jericho, the same God that did all of that, he's going to come through for me too.
0: And that's such a—that's uh, a promise you can take to the bank. It doesn't matter what's going on in the economy right now. That's one that you can actually cling to and uh, and, and and live out each and every day. Uh, Brittany Ann, time has gone by much too quickly, but I want to commend our book, your book, to you, our listeners, one more time. The book is called "Follow God's Will: Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life." We've got a link for that book up at the show.com in addition to a link for her website, EquippingGodlyWomen.com. Brittany, thank you so much for the work. Thanks for your time today here on the program. Really appreciate getting to know you here on the Bottom Line Show.
5: Thank you so much.
0: Well, a delightful conversation and a helpful resource to share with you today here on the bottom line. Thanks again to Brittany Ann for joining me for a conversation about her book, Follow God's Will Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. It can't be more simple and straightforward than that. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and a copy of the book to give away right now. 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. Brittany Ann, of course, at ECPA best-selling author. You can find her at equippinggodlywomen.com, which is where we have a a link for this book as well. Uh, We've got all of that up at thebottomlineshow.com. When you get to the point about where you ask that question, uh, where is God leading you? One of the things that people will often ask is, well, how do I figure out God's will for my life personally? I mean, I think I should read the Bible and understand and pray and hear God's voice, but it just doesn't seem like I'm doing it. How can I be certain? I want to take a look on the other side of this break at some of the things that Brittany writes about in the book and give you a little more encouragement as to why this resource will be so helpful. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Over the weekend, I did a little math, and I want to thank you as a bottom-line listener for the way that you have stepped up to help our friends at Preborn save babies' lives. Now, when we started this campaign back in the first part of October, our goal was to save 400 children by Christmas Day, and you have stepped up in a huge way, but I didn't think that we would also have the opportunity to provide that kind of sponsorship and put an ultrasound machine in. An ultrasound machine lasts about 10 years. It provides 250 ultrasounds per year which means it's going to save about 2,500 babies lives over the course of that 10-year period. Ultrasound machine costs $15,000. So far because of your generosity you've helped us raise enough money to place an ultrasound machine in a pre-born clinic and have provided ultrasounds for 229 kids. We're about 171 away from that stated goal and I know we can do it. Can you give a $280 donation right now to save 10 more babies lives? 833 850 Baby is the number to call. Or go to KBrightRadio.com and click on the preborn banner. Go to thebottomlineshow.com. Go to rogermarsh.com. Click on the preborn banner. It takes about 30 seconds to save the life of a baby. Go to preborn and save babies' lives today. My thanks again to Brittany Ann for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Follow God's Will. Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life, and we have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're giving away a copy right now. Give Crystal and Teresa a call at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. And, you know, it is Movie Monday. We were giving away those free subscriptions to Pure Flix, and also we've got some movies on hand that we'll be happy to share with you as well. If you call in for Brittany's book and we've already given it away, ask the girls for a movie, Tell them Roger sent you, okay? 800-227-5278. That has to be one of the most common questions people ask. How do I figure out God's will for my life personally? How do I navigate my relationships with unbelievers that come my way? I mean, Thanksgiving's coming up. I want to live out my faith. I want to share the gospel, but I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be pushy. You know, it's interesting when you take a look at how, how Brittany breaks this down for us. I think there are a lot of people who will be blessed to know that there isn't a quote unquote formula. Basically for discovering God's will, you want to look at those four calls in every Christian's life. You want to understand what his word says. You want to not only discover it, but then you want to follow it. And I think therein lies the problem for a lot of people. I mean, I'm just talking me to you in my pastoral ministry experience and just with other Christians that I've lived with. It's somewhat anecdotal, but I think there's probably some study somewhere that would back this up. The discovering God's will part isn't as difficult as we make it out to be. Oftentimes, God, through the Holy Spirit, will speak to us directly and we know what we're supposed to do. How many times do we pray the prayer where we're praying for sins of commission, things that we've done, and sins of omission, things that we didn't do. We know what we're supposed to do. My wife has a very uh, direct way of addressing this theologically. She says, do what you're told. (laughs) And And it's very true. You hear that still, small voice of the Spirit, and you know that's what he's telling you to do. But don't just stop there. I mean, you know what he's telling you to do. The second part is the tough part. This is where we trip up, and that's following God's will. How do I cultivate spiritual disciplines? How do I live out my faith when others disagree? I mean, I talked about, uh, uh, there's a new uh, channel coming out. uh, Friday, we're gonna focus on Candace Cameron Bure. Uh, She's got this Great American Family Network that she's a part of now. And when she was asked by the Wall Street Journal if they're gonna feature LGBT themes on it, she said, we're gonna focus on biblical marriage. And the left went nuts, but she's standing her ground. She said, it breaks my heart that people are so upset that this is what we want to do because this is what we believe, and they're mad that we're not being inclusive. But you'll find very soon that when you try to appease progressives and leftists, they want you to kowtow to what they're doing. Ultimately, one day, every knee will bow in one direction, and that's to Jesus Christ, and we do that now. And if the culture doesn't get it, and if the culture gets angry with us, well, at the end of the day, who is the one that we are to please? The members of the culture or the one who made us, loves us, redeems us, and restores us. That was a rhetorical question, <laughs> and that's the bottom line.